G'day, mate. What's your name? My name's Steph Broadbridge. Steph Broadbridge. What do you do, Steph? I do stand-up comedy and absolutely nothing else with my life. G'day, welcome back to another episode of Crowd Workcast. My name's Andrew Barnett. Thank you very much for joining me. I've uh, got a great episode today. Uh, it's my mate Steph Broadbridge, who is a, uh, well, let's call her a rising star of the Sydney comedy scene. Uh, she's very funny and she's also... She's also my Sherpa into what's going on in uh, open mics in Sydney because uh, no one works harder than Steph. She gigs all the time. She's go to any gig, do any gig. She's she's what we call a gig pig. Um, but uh, I don't know if that's a kind term, so we'll uh, refrain from using that too much. But uh, she's got a great new show. It's called Ignasia that's coming to the Melbourne Comedy Festival uh, Gold Coast Laughs Festival and Sydney Comedy Festival. Details for that can be found on her Instagram, which is Steph Broadbridge, uh, or her Twitter. If you go to Twitter, just search Steph Broadbridge, she'll come up. Uh, very, very funny, a good follow uh, on all, uh, all her socials, and definitely worth going and checking out if she's coming anywhere near you. Uh, if you'd like to see me live, uh, I will be coming to the Sydney Comedy Festival and Brisbane Comedy Festival in May. Uh, details for that you can find on my Instagram, Andrew Barnett Comedy, uh, or go to my website, andrewbarnettcomedy.com, uh, or check out my Twitter, Mr. A Barnett. Uh, other than that, uh, probably enough promo. Let's just crack on with the show. Here's me and Steph Broadbridge. <laughs> Surely there's... Actually, you know what? Most people I'd say there's way more to your life than that. But no. you you gig more than anyone I think I know. Would you say you do the most gigs in Sydney? I don't think so. I think there's some sneaky... Sneaky giggy pigs? Sneaky overachievers that are flying under the radar. Um, yeah. How long have you been going now? Uh, it will be seven years on the 30th of March. Seven years on the thirtieth yep. of March. You're one of the. You know your first. I do. What was your first gig? Oh, it was at um, Mug and Kettle. Yep. You, it's like a old sign up, open yeah, mic room. Yeah, everyone yep. named in a bucket comes out of a list of names, and then you get on when you get on. I signed up by accident. I thought it was a sing. I thought it was like a music open mic. Are you serious? You didn't do comedy on purpose, well, or stand up comedy open mics call themselves open mics. And yeah. so does music. Like they're both industries are quite arrogantly assuming there's only one <laughs> art form. So I just thought it was just music. pull that mic a little closer to you. So yeah, you thought it was amusing. You thought it was a music. Yeah. Over mine. And then I got there and there was a bunch of really sad people talking. <laughs> and then I realised it was comedy. Yeah. And then I thought, well, my song's kind of quirky. Sometimes it gets a laugh or two. I'll just do that. So this is this is a revelation to me. So <laughs> you, Steph Broadbridge, who probably loves com loves doing comedy more than well, you have to love doing it the yeah. amount you do it. <laughs> did it basically by accident. Yes. That's phenomenal. How what that is just that's blowing my mind. I'm sorry. So you got up. So you went. Okay, I'll do the quote. Which song was it? Would you? Use, uh, oh, would I have so seen it? It's so embarrassing. It's um, 
It was a song called How Am I Still Single, which I now know is called Hack, but at the time I didn't know that that was a word or what that yeah. meant. So I sang that and it's just me listing a bunch of horrible traits about myself that rhyme. Is it... This... Okay. So I've... We're going to circle back to hack because <laughs> I, I, I have a bit of a thing with hack at the moment where like I think it, it's very easy to see something you don't like or something you can't do that it's working and seems very simple or tr- and everyone just goes oh that's hack mm. like it's easy to be dismissive of something that you don't like or can't do as hack what what it why do you think that was hack what you were doing because that's what people said about it Okay, people who can't play ukulele? No, so the premise had been, I guess, so by hack, I guess I mean stale. The idea is stale. Yeah, so it's been like an idea that's been done before. But there's not heaps of ideas that haven't. No, but it was an idea that had been done before in song form. I wasn't adding anything to the conversation. So I'm not against talking about being single Mm. as a woman, but... Um, and I'm not against what I did because I didn't know everyone else was doing it. I had enough. I didn't watch that much comedy. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> but it turns out it is funny. But so have a bunch. A bunch of other people have also yeah had the same thought or done that same trick of um, yeah singing a song <laughs> in a comedic way. Yeah, uh, that's um, it's, you, it does really blow my mind that. So why? Mm. After that, so obviously it went well enough that you went, I want to learn to do this, or what What it was it about? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't great, but, you know, the laugh lines got laughs. <laughs> so what from there, from accidentally signing up to an open mic, a comedy open mic, thinking you're a music, yeah. it's a music open mic, and then one deciding to go on with it anyway, not just, because, I mean, knowing that show, there would have been 40-odd. Yeah open mic is on like it wouldn't have been a big deal to the show if you if one open micer had said oh actually i've made a mistake here i'll pull out i brought three friends <laughs> so i couldn't pull out this is the best two of them have never come back to comedy since yeah probably not the place <laughs> to get introduced to comedy at but a sign I didn't up open know mic. that's what it was gonna be i know you didn't know this is just so <laughs> so I'm the following so... week i turned up with a different song so you you just went, I'm going to keep doing this now? Yeah. So I turned up with a different song because I just did songs for like the first year and a half. I didn't talk. I just did songs. And then and then I got booked by some of the early bookers, which back in the day were Mike in Hand yep. and Seizure. Yep. Seizure Kaiser. Seizure Kaiser. And then I just got booked for other ones after that. And now I'm still getting booked in... Doing. I haven't give up, given up on my dream to be a country and western singer, though. That still <laughs> lives within within me. If only you could find a Tamworth open mic that's that's not a bloody comedy night. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> this is... Yeah, so... Because you are... Like, so to give context, you probably... How many gigs did you do last week? Last week? Yeah, we're recording this on a Sunday, so... Um, oh, last week I only did five... So that was my bad week. Five. Yeah. So is that one a night for five nights or did you do any double ups or? Yeah, it was one a night for five nights. And then, yeah, there's not many gigs at the moment. It's the beginning of the year. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> so, so, I, I don't think people realise this. So you last night, you were in Newcastle. Yeah. So you went up. Was that what was that gig? At the Newcastle Comedy Club. Newcastle Comedy Club. Yeah. So you just how long will you do it? Like fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. So you've driven. See, I'm trying to. What I'm trying to. I got two trains and a rail bus. Two trains and a rail. Oh yeah, that's right. You don't drive, do you? Yeah. So you two trains and a rail bus. There and back. What time did you get back from Newcastle? Uh, quarter to two. And I'm guessing the pay wasn't uh, huge. You don't say the figure, but I'm guessing the pay wasn't huge. I I mean, yeah, the money wasn't the incentive. Yeah. So yeah. what I'm trying to get to is this. <laughs> uh, what blows my mind is you are one of the hardest workers. In, well, in I know you you bristle whenever anyone gives you anything like a compliment like that, but you you do you gig a lot, you work hard, you write a lot. I try to, but also you know it's a job, and also I look at um, what they're doing in New York and LA and stuff, and I'm you know they're kicking my ass. I mean, I got a message from um, Anthony Skinner the other day who just said Shane Gillis does five gigs a night. Yeah, but you know, I know, but it's I love stuff like that because it's yeah. so that's what I need, you know. But, but it's also like one a day is fine, but I mean, if that's your job, that's not that extraordinary. I mean, and some of them are only four minutes long. <laughs> wow. So you, th- this is what I'm trying to get at, though, is you, um, this this work ethic, treat it like a job, yeah, work hard, is has come from someone whose first gig was like most comedians oh, yeah, go really like I was fascinated it. a bit with comedy I didn't want to like, you know you accidentally yeah came across it yeah so how's that evolution work where you go from being like I wanted to do a music open mic oh no I'm at the wrong night oh, I'll get up anyway because my song's kind of funny to this is what I want to dedicate my life to I mean, I just go where the work is. No, that's not fair. That's not true. <laughs> if you um, the, Steph, if you went where the work was, you wouldn't be doing comedy. But um, I couldn't get booked in music. It was really hard. There's so many female singer-songwriters with asymmetrical haircuts singing about their sad boyfriends. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's like a billion people. Whereas I, when I started in comedy, it's like, we don't have any women. Have a gig. It was They were thrown at me. Like... And I just loved, I was so excited. I was like, you mean I can just do this every night if I want? And they're like, yeah. So I just did. And but you, and then I got addicted to the format of writing and the audience being attentive and the fact that you can yell at them if they're not listening. And <laughs> Well, it's something in music you can't really do. No, like... music's more passive. Yeah. Mm. And often the gigs I, were, I was getting were like background while people are eating yeah. at a restaurant. You're lucky if you get a clap at the end, you know. So this was like performing times a billion. This is, yeah, sorry. You've blown my mind early oh. in the podcast. So let's go back then <laughs> to um, to the music side of it. Because uh, you and yeah. I did a gig uh, maybe four nights ago where you were, you, I think it was a new song you were Oh, yeah, with. yeah. And it's country and western style, yeah. and you have a really good country. Like you have a really good voice, like voice as well. Which there's Thank like you. a lot of musical comedians, um, but it's not always necessary. Like because with musical comedy, the the jokes sort of a primary, and then the yeah. the, the, the voice secondary, can be yeah. secondary. 
So you don't have to have that. Um, no, you can kind genuinely. of talk, sing your way through it, or if yeah. you can hit the notes, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to. I. But I you have proper <laughs> musical. So where does that come from? Are you trained? Are you? Yeah, I did a um, jazz degree at ANU. You did a jazz degree. Yeah. You really are into just fascinated by useless things, aren't you? I am. (laughs) (laughs) So you... I would dedicate my life to anything that's going to cost me money and (laughs) use a lot of my time. That's um yeah. So that's that's your safety. If comedy doesn't work out, you'll fall back on your jazz degree. (laughs) I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah. I can get lots of work from a jazz degree. Um. Can't even finish that sentence with a straight face. Yeah, I don't know. It was stupid. So where did you, where did you grow up? Like where did you grow up? I grew up like in the North Shore in Sydney. About North Shore of Sydney. Ten minutes away from where I live now. Oh, so you really ventured out into the world? Have you travelled, or did you have you just always lived? Uh I've lived like around Sydney. I lived in Canberra for a few years. At uni. Oh yeah, oh, and you yeah. of course. Um, so what was it that drew? So you always obviously younger you you liked music what what was it about a jazz degree that appealed to you well i don't like classical singing yeah i mean people are good at it or whatever i just don't listen to it and musical theater didn't suit me to do musical theater you have to dance yeah like well not a dancer no (laughs) i tried I'm like, yeah, if I'd worked really, really hard at it, I would have been a very bad dancer. Like, but in musical theater, I've that a lot of the auditions, they audition the dance first. Really? Yeah. So even if you've got an amazing voice. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, we've got lots of people with amazing voices. Yeah. Cause the dancing's like, so I was like, this is crazy. I can't do this. So then I thought, well, what can I study that's not musical theater and not classical was jazz it's pretty close to blues and country like it all kind of yeah i used to sing country songs in at the jazz degree because it was like the forbidden music so i would sing country songs for my graduations and recitals and stuff oh really so what's what's a like a music degree like what's that entail like like is it performance is it theory is it what yeah it's it's a bit of both yeah yeah Wow. Transcribing, so you got to listen to music and write down the notes on a page. Man, I'm there was sorry. History, I'm... which I failed. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the degree, and then the plan was to try to go into performance. I don't know what the plan was. I think, oh, I think I thought I was at that stage. Like I was still young then, you know. I could have been something. <laughs> You could still be something, Steph. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to write my own music and yeah, yeah, go do all the festivals and have and that, a band. I love. I wanted to play with a band. You wanted to play with a band, is it, so because I'm just trying to piece together a little bit of your what drives you, what you're like basically attracted to in terms of um, <laughs> how to spend your time. You mm. you did a jazz degree, now you're doing. You basically just want something that keeps you in small dark rooms late at night is that is that what appeal like is it this the grittiness that appeals to you i do like the grittiness i like i don't know i like performing 
you like performing. Yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So, and it, it just... Like, sometimes before I was doing, when I wasn't getting that many gigs for music, I'd be getting really, really, like, sad. And then I'd just go do karaoke on my own. And then I'd be okay. For, like, that would sustain me for, like, a month. Like, so I'm guessing not in one of those where you just get it room yourself. You, no, you have you to You go be. to a karaoke yeah. night. I go to a karaoke a of, night. I upset oh, the locals. I was going to say, you ruin it. I do ruin for it. For people like me. There's nothing worse at a karaoke night for us hack singers who just give get up there and live on a prayer. No. Um, when I'm am I sober. Um, I've learned the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> I practiced I with the backing track at home. <laughs> my favorite is when the, um, you get the you get up there and it says at the start, you know, the title of the song, and mm. then it'll say the key. Yeah. That it's in, and for most of us, I'm like, oh yeah, it's in it's in D, is it? Cool. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> and then just try and sing it the way I so. But people like you, because there's nothing better at a karaoke <laughs> night than watching people just passionate but not very good that gives you yeah. the idea that oh yeah man, well, I'm going to give it a crack because like oh, I, I can be passionate and not very good and then you get someone like you <laughs> who gets up there with their jazz degree <laughs> and just slut that is so mean but I don't anymore because oh. I'm getting my fill from something else but I use you know it'd be like you know what that's why would like? I, should I be penalised for studying the subject no that's outrageous i know that it's not for that it was selfish and mean and it was even worse because these poor women that was all they had in their lives Do you know I mean? like this was their big because they're pretty good singers yeah. like there was a few so there was some that were like quite attractive but just a little bit pitchy yep just didn't quite a little bit shrill there was something a bit off with the voice they looked like a pop star but it was just a little bit shrill and they would always come and they'd be the star of karaoke or there was the girls that definitely will never ever be pop stars but they had a beautiful voice. Yeah. And that was kind of who would come and they would, that was their domain and they had their songs. That was their chance to shine. Yeah, and they always sing that that Black Velvet song. Oh, yeah. It's always that song. <laughs> yeah. I know that song. Um, yeah. Who is that? Is that Black Velvet? Is that... I, I want to say Melissa Etheridge, but I don't think it is. I don't know, but I just know that that's the song they sing. Oh, and they so nail the shit out of it. Like, yeah. you know, they're great, but I would just come in and sing. What, what was your go-to? Pony by Casey Chambers. Pony by Casey Chambers. I don't think I know Pony. That's okay. No one does. Give it's me, not a crowd favourite. Give me favorite. a couple of bars. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. Well, pause this. Go listen to Pony by Casey Chambers. Do it's a great song. Then come back and picture instead of Casey that Steph was doing it. Yeah, or just come to a karaoke night. Eventually, I'll be at it. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few comedians that like a karaoke night. Yeah, and you'd ruin it for everyone. I don't ruin it. I just, that's so funny <laughs> you used to do that but I, I get the instinct though but that's like if you know that's like you know Chris Roth just dropping by like a mug and kettle yeah where everyone's having fun thinking but that wouldn't ruin it that would make it better for the audience yeah yeah not for the other participants right well they'd all talk about how they get yeah well that's a very not a different great conversation then because I mean if they're <laughs> If they're doing comedy for them and not for the audience, then they're not doing it properly. 
Yeah, well, there's lots of people not doing it properly, Steph. <laughs> you know that. So you so you go you go to uni, do the do the jazz degree. Yeah. What 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 are you doing out of uni? Just trying to gig around? What are you doing for work? That sort of thing. I worked for Ticketmaster for like ten years and then I Yeah, just did gigs as many as I could. Not that many. Like one a fortnight I think I was getting. Um, supplemented by karaoke and then <laughs> <laughs> at your peak how many karaoke nights were you hitting uh well if there was like a competition you'd have to go back for like the heats and the semis and the final and stuff so that was like a did few. you win any nah i came second and third one time i got a bottle of wine or something i don't know like <laughs> Who they had you? costumes and stuff oh man like there's like professional karaoke people really like yeah, what yeah, do you yeah. mean they had costumes like they would dress up in an outfit like they dress as elvis you know and do the an elvis oh. yeah it's like it's it's a whole thing there's an i was no nowhere near as good as them there's an elvis impersonator who lives not far from where or he lives in my local area i don't know exactly where he lives but um he has like because he advertises he's got the van he's got the advertising for it on the side but it's so funny to see him in the supermarket because you can't be a professional elvis impersonator and not all the time have also the, hair. the hairs for life yeah the hairs oh. for like it's like it's he he had like so you just see him in the supermarket just buying broccoli or whatever and so, oh is that the king no nah, it's just just a guy who drives a toyota tarago does he manage to turn the voice off i don't i oh i don't well he doesn't do the accent i know that much oh. but apparently he's very active on the local facebook group <laughs> um, my, my wife tells me what a sentence you know, <laughs> Because you know, the, like the areas that you know, I don't know, like stuff that's living in, and it's the postcode yeah. that you live in. And yeah, apparently he's. Um, my wife was telling me because I'm not on. Air, I don't look at any of that stuff. But apparently, um, she was telling me people get angry at him because he just advertises a bit. And this is not your advert. But then he's also oh. very passionate about local issues. So. Oh no, he'd get kicked out of Open Mic Sydney for doing that. Open Mic, or oh, is Open Mic Sydney a bit? That's. Um, that's the open mic sign up Facebook page. If anyone's mm. thinking about doing comedy, then they should. And it's comedy open mic, not. It is comedy, guys. Um, it doesn't say it anywhere, <laughs> but it is. If if you read the files, um, it's got all the open mics you can sign up in. So open mics. Who are the? Are you an admin on that? I'm Shh. not telling. <laughs> Surely you're an admin. Are you an admin? I, it look. It doesn't serve me for people to know either way. So. <laughs> <laughs> She's an admin. That's uh, so open mic Sydney. Um, it's a lot of wrangling crazies, so it's 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 an important job. Yeah, the open mic scene is. Yeah. Well, I think anywhere is probably pretty wild. It's just meant there's like three and a half thousand people or something. Are you serious? Three and a half thousand. Yeah, it's crazy, like huge numbers, and there's about a thousand of them that will have an opinion on a subject, and I have not seen a single one of these people at an open mic the entire time I've been doing comedy, but they have the strongest opinions about what an open mic should be and what the rules should be. You say anything in there and it just blows up. What, what like rules? What, what are we, this is, this is also fascinating. So, cause <laughs> I, so you're seven years, I've been going 13 
And so when I first started, it wasn't like there weren't sign up rooms. There weren't open mic. Like it was my first gig was the mic in hand. All right. Because that was like that you'd sort of get the the that it maybe have one or two newbies open micers on a on a lineup. Yeah. And most of the things. So there yeah. that back then it was it was hard to get spots. I did my first gig at Mike in Hand and my second gig in Mike in Hand was two years later. Whoa. It took forever to get back on there. But it, I mean it was good and like you just but you had to sort of, you know, find your mm. find your gigs or whatever. So this whole that mug and kettle um, scene all popped up uh, like after after I was sort of getting enough already established. Are, yeah, yeah. And I went down and did it a few times. I went and hosted. I remember hosting it for because uh, I I was talking to Sam and um, Dan, and I just said, "Oh, what's the story? Like, mm. am I able to just come by and try some new stuff?" And like, yeah, yeah, man. Like, you know, just let us know because they because it was very much draw your name out of a hat and you could go on at any time. Yeah. I said, just let us know when you, you will just put you <gasps> see, to sit there on. I see, know. No, I know. See, Special treatment. That kind of treatment that will that would like that will blow up. Yeah, but whatever. I'm not I'd, sitting there all night watching. I didn't. Um, I didn't op- sign up on the night open mic. Um, a couple of weeks ago on Thursday and uh, my name got drawn out first Ooh. and you should have seen the eyes follow me. I'm like, I swear it did. It did. <laughs> you don't, don't necessarily want to be first on at any gig, but oh, I suppose that you means do. you get to leave and yeah, there was like 47 acts. What? Yeah. Who's sticking? Well, that's, I suppose I mean, it's me, an audience. I did 42nd the other night. So, I mean, it's just random, but I know everyone would not everyone, but I know there were like people going, uh, she pushed in. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> she pushed in. She thinks she's so good. It's a lot of that. Mm. But yeah, so so yeah, pushing in um, more established acts, that's a big drama in the open mic Sydney scene. This really? is so inside. Is this terrible to talk about? No, <laughs> no, this is fascinating. This is interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, okay. So from the perspective of the booker, they're like, we like to sprinkle comedians that are decent because it helps the crowd stay around. Yeah. Because if you have three terrible ones in a row then they get tired and they leave. So to retain the audience, sometimes the bookers will be like, hey, I'm just going to chuck you in now to try and make it a little bit more fun. But um, the ones that wouldn't be considered the fixers, um, they they think that that's disgusting. (laughs) And why should they be bumped when they got there at 7.30 and signed up like they were supposed to? So yeah, it's like, that's a really fun drama if you want to like, debate that if you post about that in the open mic Sydney scene that will get like 800 comments in about half an hour I've just realised I must have given the shits to some open micers over the years because I yeah yeah there's at least 100 comedians in Sydney right now that hate me probably you know comedians or actual like I don't know but just like people hate you really (laughs) see this is the thing I'm because I, I missed that that yeah, yeah, entry, the underground. I'm not, and I because I'll often say to you like I'll go do different rooms, um, that you know because I like just the other day I you and I did a gig together and I was talking about oh I need to go, I need to find some places just to run new stuff yeah and so you just sent me a list of rooms yeah to go to and said but oh, that was a you that was a you level list of rooms oh so there's more I curated that for you really yeah. 
I did not. So there's there's better rooms that I'm not good enough for yet. Yes, that's what I mean. There, like, there's a bottom end that I know you would not do that I didn't bother telling you about. Don't be so sure I wouldn't do it. Like, I I I also love seeing what's going on in the world. Like, I love a a weird evening. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I can I can give you the second list. Yeah, well, let's see. Let, let's let me get through the first list before we get to yeah, the second. Yeah, see how you list. go with the first list. We'll, we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> so there's, so there's, because this is this is fascinating, and it's not just like because I, one of the things I am genuinely fascinated about is these little subcultures that exist within a subculture. Because yeah. comedy's, a, like, in any given place, the comedy scene is, um, it's. Is a subculture, but within the comedy scene, then there's there's own little sort of groups and subcultures that yeah. are. And the bigger it gets, the more little factions there are. That just seems to be part of what happens. So, but there's still an overarching community of people. Yeah, I would oh, say yeah, generally speaking, it's a very welcoming environment. Sydney specifically is very welcoming. Yeah. Um, I'm always excited to see new people having a go. Um, there's not. You know, it feels like it's quite a fair system most of the time as well. Just, you know, if you're good enough, you can headline or MC. Whereas I think um, Melbourne has a lot of, you know, profile acts, high profile acts. So I think it's the transition is a little bit harder. That was the thing. when First time I ever gigged in Melbourne, I was on just a midweek room. Dave O'Neill um, has this great, um, great midweek room. And I am apologise, Dave, I can't remember the name of the pub at the moment but um i'd worked with him at wollongong and he said mate if you're ever down you know yeah. let me know and i'll you know gig. so I, I was just going through on a family holiday and i happened to be in town on the night so he goes yeah yeah come on i'll come do 20 minutes at my room and but the lineup was so dave hosts every week mm-hmm. um, i think it's called dave o'neill's comedy funhouse if you're in melbourne and you want a good night check out his facebook page because you'll yeah. find all the details and it's always really good acts but this is intimidating for me because I was maybe five, four or five years in. So mm-hmm. I was sort of getting there, knew what I was doing. I was at the store quite a bit, but I wasn't. But then I'm on with uh, Limo, yeah. who was doing breakfast radio at the time and had to do... So he was booked to headline. Um, Dave hosts it every week and he's just... He's phenomenal. Yeah. And then um, the special guest was Glenn Robbins. Oh yeah, I've heard yeah. of him. <laughs> yeah. So this is the caliber. I'm just yeah, looking yeah, around yeah. going, how how this is a midweek room in a pub. How if you're not at that level, how do you get stage time in Melbourne? That's that was That's the thing exactly that really right. yeah. fascinated me. Because it makes sense. All the guys that are established, they still wanna work out, they still wanna do their stuff, they still wanna perform. Um, I mean, there's not karaoke for comedy, so they need to mm. they need they need to find somewhere to perform. And that was intimidating because that was literally what happened that night was because Limo had to do breakfast radio, then they were filming Utopia the yeah. next day. Um, Dave, being the, the world's nicest man, said, mate, if you don't, you don't want to have to be here all night, why don't you just headline, you do the first half. Yeah. And then, Glenn, you you and Andrew, you you guys you know, can do the second half, work out who wants to go where. And Glenn just looks at me and goes, oh, mate, I don't do enough stand-up to close. I'm not, I can't, I'm not, I don't want to close. You headline so then, that show? No, I didn't headline that show. Oh, <laughs> God, did I not headline that show. I, 
added 20 surplus minutes onto the end of what was an amazing show. You headlined that show. I did not headline that show. You went last, it, you headlined. It was, a, it was literally after, because Glenn Robinson, he, he's saying to me, he goes, oh, I'm, doing, I'm only doing this as a favour to Dave. Like, and he tell, he's just, we're sitting having a feed beforehand and he's telling a story that day and I had in my head, it was the funniest story, just something that happened to him that day. I'm like, man, is he running? Material, like yeah, it? no, it no, just, just is how he's he just knows how to tell a story. Wow, in the funny, so then he goes on, he goes to me, oh, I don't do enough stand up, I shouldn't really be doing this, you know, I don't because I don't do it enough. I, you know, mm. I, it's not something I respect it too much, you know, you can't just dip in and out. And I'm like, oh, okay, like it was weird because he seemed nervous, yeah, and I think he j- actually was like, you know, yeah, nervous, but not in a way that was in him, like. Yeah, inhibited. He was just like, oh, you knew how to be on stage, and literally went out and slayed, (laughs) slayed for twenty minutes. And as Dave goes up before he brings, after Glenn comes off, there's people like women are getting their handbags and putting things like, (laughs) like it's like everyone's fishing their keys out and Uh ready because they thought the night was over. Of course. (laughs) And then, no, 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 stay there, guys. Here's twenty minutes from some guy from Sydney (laughs) who's literally 20 minutes of good stuff was all i had and i was like if none of if some of this doesn't fly yeah, you then, can't sum it then i'm doing 18 yeah. <laughs> it was the most intimidating night but that's the worst part when you start doing those longer spots and you have to go at the end because you're like i've got 20 minutes and if anyone steps on any one of these jokes i still only have that 20 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they're not on board yeah uh, it's gonna it's gonna get awkward for all of us yeah well so I think Sydney's kind of fair in that way. Yeah, well, Sydney's... Once Sydney, you de- yeah, one, if you can demonstrate capability, then you can have the gig is yeah. basically how it works. And I'm sure there is that in Melbourne oh, as well. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. you're right in that there's... Because there's more um, more comedians live there that have like have profile yeah. for whatever reason. Um, and it's going to move tickets. It makes sense. Yeah. You know, if Celia Pocola's on your bill, that's going to sell better than... Stephanie Broadbridge, no one's ever heard of. Like, I get yeah. it. I'm not yeah, suggesting yeah. we're the same level, but I just mean, like, but no, yeah. But it, it, it means that for someone who is coming through in yeah. Melbourne, who's in that learning phase, then you sort of don't get to climb as quickly. Yeah, I think or the gap's bigger. Yeah, and it's, it's, I'd, I'd imagine it's harder to make sure you're on solid lineups or whatever because, yeah. you know. But it's so it's, I think it's pretty much skill based in Sydney most of the time. I mean, obviously there's politics and there's a lot less politics than people think there are. But well, <laughs> there's know? not less politics than I think there are because really? you offer you will always have a story for me about something that's going on. In the oh scene. yeah, yeah, you're yeah. My, I love a bit of gossip. You're my go-to for like, <laughs> you're like oh, did you hear about this? I'm like, I never hear about anything, Steph. You know that. <laughs> but I love I love because you are so plugged in because. The other thing I like that... I think it's just my eyes light up when someone tells me something. (laughs) But the other thing I like about you, like your work ethic, is you don't... You're not someone who goes, okay, I got to this level. I'm not going to do that room. I'm not going to do this room. I'm not... Like, you will... You will go, okay, I need to... I want a stage time to run this material. Yeah. And it doesn't matter the stage and it doesn't matter... Which I think is a very healthy way to get to the point where you can basically 
But my outlook is, and this is one of the things I love, I have Mickey D on here. Um, I love Mickey D. Yeah, one of the things I love about Mickey is I've often said, Mickey's my guy that if you said to me, there's an audience in there, we're going to murder you and your family if one of your comedians doesn't make them laugh. Yeah. All you get to know is there's an audience in there. Yeah. No type. Mickey's the kind of guy you go, okay, well, Mickey's a safe bet because he works it out. He know You throw him in any room, he'll he'll work it out. You're my go-to for that. Yeah, I don't. I'm no Mickey D like that. I'm just saying, I've actually used that not such an extreme violent example, but <laughs> I'm like, if you don't know who's going to be there, yeah, you got to go Barnett. Thank you. That's that's nice. But I that but that's kind of one of the things I I without thinking about it. That's because I'm. I think that comes from fear of failing. <laughs> Is like okay. Yeah. I'll... Also, we've done a lot of like weird gigs to get like we did the the seniors concert. Oh, we got more and... of those coming up. I don't know. <laughs> I just was looking in my calendar. So today. I've seen you like succeed in situations a comedian shouldn't have. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying every gig. I try to think about the audience. Is one if especially if they come knowing it's a comedy show, they're there wanting to have a good time. Yeah, that's true. So. I my thing is to okay I'm without changing what I'm doing or what yeah. I'm saying. It's just an just attitude, right? Find yeah, finding yeah. a way to to let them access my point of view. So so to get them to where because you know if you walk on stage at a seniors thing and you know sometimes they might be a bit or you know it doesn't matter what it is they they straight away have an impression of you. If yeah. you can find a way to connect with them and then just get your material over. You, this is a safe space to make fun of seniors. They don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> oh, I know that. But I... <laughs> you get there and they're not facing the right direction. They've come for the free coffee and sandwiches. Yeah. Oh, mate, I've done some. I did one. I did a set off the back of one of those. I mm-hmm. had to do a set. Oh, you got scouted at no, a no, seniors no. concert? Oh, actually, th- this is the best story. I got um, after I'd, it was like a Monday morning. And I just dropped my son off to school and it was like I had a day off. And then I get this phone call mm-hmm. from the guy that books those mm-hmm. just saying, um, listen, I had Peter Burner for this thing. He's got COVID. Can you go? Sure he did. Fill in? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I had to get, and it was a council, like a council's um seniors forum information day there was talkers like speakers about um you know everything from osteo to whatever i'm surprised you weren't already there yeah (laughs) i'm not that old but but so there's like pamphlets and speakers and the mayor's there and everything and they just thought it'd be fun to have 15 minutes worth of comedy (laughs) at the start so there's like desks Mm -hmm. in the big room there's some chairs facing where the you know the mayor was going to open the day Mm -hmm. And then, but around the back, there's all desks with of people with pants, like at a conf- conference or a, something like, like a convention yeah. of hocking their wares. And then just everyone sit for 10 minutes. We're going to have some fun. And it was, I actually got work off the back of it, I'll be honest. But <gasps> it was one of those situations. And I'm like, how does, how did this end up? This wasn't what I pictured when I thought, you know, I'm going to go into comedy. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> but, but that's exactly what you were talking about. Like as I'm yeah. on stage, there's people down the back, you know, chatting to the people at the desks about, you know, 
oh, and how do I get this life alert bracelet? Like it's... Yeah. And then they'd sort of, and you know it's starting to work because you get a few laughs and then people at the back start, like the, you know, looking up, turn around, talk, and then you're like, oh, man, I've got them here. But yeah. then you lose, you lose them as them. quick oh, because yeah. as soon as you're not, they're not interested, they're back to talking about it. And yeah. it's the greatest barometer of have I got this crowd or haven't <laughs> I is... Is the guy self is the guy selling timeshares in a nursing home? Uh, Outstaging you, know, is, you. Yeah, is he is he back to his sales pitch? It was ah, uh, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, but all that like because I don't know. It's it's it is a really fun job, and it, there can be a lot of glamour to it. Like I'm not going to mm. pretend, and sometimes it's not incredible, you know. But but because you've opened for some big acts, um, one, I I opened for. Well, sort of. I did five minutes before two opening acts for Jim Jeffries. So I opened for Fatty Kassab, if I'm being honest. <laughs> you did not. But it was at the Where, State Theatre. Yeah. You've, <laughs> so, you've walked on stage and done comedy at the State Theatre. Yeah. That is... That was huge for me because I used to work there at the box office. So oh, wow. That was a big deal. That's so good. That, and, was, a, that was a real life fantasy coming true. And it, how'd it go? So weirdly fine. I was... <laughs> Um, I bet you crushed. You are the one of these people who you will go up absolutely slay and come up and go. Ah. No, it wasn't. It was just more like the given the circumstances, it went well. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like it's a cold open. Um, yeah. I'm female. <laughs> Don't apologize for that. I uh, I'm not apologizing for that. I'm just mindful of the crossover. Well, it's not a fan base. Not necessarily your audience. Yeah, but weirdly, it kind of is, and I'm having to learn that. Yes. That's what I learned, because I've opened for him twice now in different situations, and both times went quite well, and now I'm like, is this my demo? (laughs) Yeah, that, that is something that I think you just... You don't always know who you're audience are going to be yeah because it can be very um (laughs) like i've often said like if i'm uh doing a gig i don't like to spend too much time with the audience or seeing the audience before the gig especially if like it's a oh i like to sit there and stare them down you really yeah oh yeah i want to watch them walk in i want to watch how they're talking to each other i want to figure out what they're doing yeah see i'd prefer like i don't mind seeing them but I spent too long, like especially like I'm thinking like at a like a footy lunch or doing a sports lunch or something mm. like that. Too long looking at them without interacting or whatever. I start to get in my head. I'm like, look oh, at this boy. He does. Absolutely. He hasn't got time for my bullshit. Oh no, it's never positive. It's always a negative thing to do. Yeah, um, I did it. On you the love. Thing we did together. I turned up. I didn't think I even said hi to anyone. I just started scanning the room for problems. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh yeah. So what I was gonna say, like, it is glamorous stand up, but the times where it's absolutely terrible and rough and then you all of a sudden remember you have a skill that you learned the last time it was really rough and you can pull that out and it works yeah those moments i think are more important and more valuable and feel better than any kind of fun gig oh 100 percent. turning it around like when you're the one that gets them on the lineup you know like when the night's terrible and then you're like i got him <laughs> that is a nice feeling yeah. of every yeah when everyone's struggling yeah. struggling struggling and then all of a sudden you go up and 
you've worked it. You you just worked out how to click with that yeah, audience. Yeah, sometimes you just know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is that's that is a very satisfying feeling. Yeah. And very frustrating when you're the person who's been on just before the person yes. who gets them. <laughs> or just after as well. Oh. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes if you're just after you will go on with the assumption, oh, they're good audience now. It's yeah. like, no, 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 they no, like no, that No, no, they're person. still bad. They just liked that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now you know that they could have laughed. Yeah. Because if they were just bad, then you go, like, oh, it's just a bad crowd for everyone. But it's like, no, no, they were winnable, just not for you. <laughs> yeah. it's that's the, that's the thing. The other thing I, I think with comedy is like, yeah, that glamour. Sometimes you get that glamour. Mm. But then, so last time you opened for Jim Jeffrey State Theatre. Yeah. What was the gig you did? What was the next gig you did after that? I did a sign up on the night open mic at a front bar at the Newtown Hotel uh, at the Townie. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like how quick that gap between you're in the state theater to then you're just one of a bunch of people who got drawn out of a hat. And if you cut in line, that. Yeah, I would never. (laughs) There's people getting I would never cut in line. Well, because you read the Facebook groups. Yeah. <laughs> you're an ad- I can't believe there's 3,000 I may markets. or may not be an admin. <laughs> you are. I think you're an admin. I think she's an admin. <laughs> Who are they? Who are, like, that is... I did, I'm fascinated with this. So what sort of stuff gets, other than just open mic etiquette, what sort of stuff gets discussed on this? Just where the gigs are? Like, I wouldn't think to go there for anything other than finding out where a gig is. Well, it's supposed to be just sign-ups, but um, people kind of carry on. So complaints, you know, just rubbish. Just someone new going, hi, I'm new to stand up. Where are all the rooms? And it's like, no, we don't post that because then people will troll you. And Oh, wow. Yeah, you just kind of, you got to keep it clean. This is, I'm going to go. I think I've found how I'm spending the afternoon. It's been pretty, yeah, we've been pretty strict lately. It's been all right. But, um, <laughs> we've been pretty strict lately. Yeah. This is so good. Um, you are an admin for sure. <laughs> oh my God. So, Hey, uh, now the other thing I wanted to ask you about, you teach a bit of comedy. Oh no, not really. I just fill in sometimes. What, what, what is this? It's just random things. I'll just fill in. I have teacher energy. So sometimes <laughs> if people can't do their teaching job, they'll just be like, Steph can probably fill in. Okay. So you are my avatar to the, like you're the... Um, you're the Sherpa through the open mic scene in Sydney. If there's anyone out mm. there who is thinking of doing comedy, listening to this, or um, is just starting out, yeah, what th- I need you to give me three things that they should and shouldn't do to Ooh. to like. What's your bit of advice to say? Say I'm starting tomorrow. I'm gonna go down. Yeah. I'm gonna find a sign up. I'm gonna start. What are the faux pas that I, I need to avoid? And what are the things you say like you know that'll help? Um, what will help? Um, don't so do's first. I would say um turn up on time, smile, be polite. Um, yeah. That's the main one. Yep. Just be polite, smile, be happy to be there. Uh, bring some Be happy friends. to be there. You're telling me be happy to be there. Early on, because <laughs> all you have, because you don't have a good set yet. All you have to offer is the excitement that we can then just suck your energy dry like energy vampires. <laughs> That's what you're providing. So you can provide um, good energy. You can provide an audience because you still have friends that will come and watch. Yep. So bring that. 
and then also you'll way more likely get booked if we think that you're a bringer it's like oh yeah put so and so on because they brought five friends last time we might have an audience for this next week you know so there's that um and then the third thing is um keep working on that same set don't try to write a new one every time that's a mistake a lot of people make when they start out Mm. they're the big three yep uh don't um don't take up room don't take up too much room in the space there's a lot of standing by the door being in the way um don't do one gig and then act like an entitled little prick and assume that you're the best thing that ever happened to comedy and um don't bitch about people because you don't know who knows who yes yeah they're the big three the big three (laughs) well done is that helpful (laughs) that is well yeah I, i i imagine that'd be very helpful bits of advice that's that is the thing i think and you said at the start is the best thing you can be is like especially early on is just a good energy good yeah if you can be be on time be polite don't bomb if you can be good company yeah because most of the time in i think what people don't realize is most of your time in comedy especially early on is waiting to go on stage with the other comics yeah. And hanging with the other comics, waiting for the gig to start, waiting for the break to finish. So if you're good company in those in yeah. those moments, that that's when people want to keep working with you. Exactly. Yeah. That stuff matters way more than people think it does. Yeah. Crushing only feels good for you. Bookers don't care if you crush. They care if you bomb, but they don't care if you do extremely well. That you they you just need to do fine and be like good company. That will get you way more gigs. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. Now, um, coming up uh, before we go, because we're about time. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up, your last year went to Melbourne. Your first show yes. at Melbourne Comedy Festival came back with a nomination for best newcomer. Yes, I did. You're heading back again. I am. Just give everything you've got a plug um, before we go. This is going to be out tomorrow. Okay, I'm doing a new show it's called ignasia which is meaningless but it's (laughs) called that and i'm stuck with it um i'm doing one at the gold coast laughs festival i'll be at melbourne international comedy festival again and hopefully sydney as well oh no yeah there'll be i'll put dates and stuff on my instagram which is which i is steph broadbridge i think I don't know. I don't Instagram me, but yeah, you know, if you put my name in, I'll come up. It's a picture of me. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Wow. You are good at promotion. Thank Steph. you so much. Oh, um, wow. I'm really successful. <laughs> <laughs> I'll follow my Twitter if you want, like, inside baseball Sydney scene shit. That is kicking off. <laughs> definitely. Sydney. I think that's what I'm going to subtitle this episode yeah. Sydney scene shit. <laughs> Because you are, you are my gateway to all that stuff. I don't ever know what's going on. Oh, wow. It's always fascinating to know what's going on in the comedy world. I'm delighted <laughs> to be it for you. But thank you very much for doing this, yeah, Steph. Yeah, it was fun. Excellent. Give Steph a follow uh, on her Instagram if you can find it because uh, she doesn't know what it is. Um, mm-hmm. As always, Andrew Barnett Comedy on Instagram. I will uh, put a clip of this in there and tag Steph so you should be able to find her from there. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. <laughs>